pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. We are a radio show about video games. That's right, we cover video games using the medium of radio. It doesn't sound like it works, but we will make you believe that it does. It works we? well enough for the BBC to think they can do it. They do it on the internet, though, don't they? They go, hey, we're going to do a TV show. Yeah, it's going to be on the, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna be on the internet. They're going to be on the red button. They're going to be furious when they discover YouTube. Well, Someone's no. already done that. How are you doing, Simon? The chair's a bit lowered, isn't it? I look young. Do you think I look, <laughs> I look like, like I've been naughty, like a naughty boy? Maybe you have been. No, I, I'm good, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, glad to be here. Uh, excited about the show. Uh, what about you guys? I'm a bit tired, if I'm honest. It's been a big, busy week. Already. Already. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I think, I mean, last week was a big busy week. Just rolls on and on, doesn't it? Never ending. You doing okay, Steve? Did you watch the Super Bowl? Uh, I did not, no. I did watch the Super Who Bowl. Who were playing? Um, it's an American team of men and mm. another team of men. Do you know what? I, w- I woke up this morning dreading uh, Twitter and, and actually it was okay and I realised I must have muted most people. <laughs> <laughs> is that the secret? That for me is a perfect Twitter timeline. Waking up and seeing nobody's tweeted. And go, okay, that's fine then. I'm, obviously you're not muted, Steve. I saw you, I saw you, um, you were up uh, enjoying yeah, I watched, uh, Lady Gaga. <laughs> Beyonce. Beyonce yeah. and uh, and Coldplay. Did you step for the game though? Yeah, I do that every year. I find I you know I find uh, American football super interesting. I do enjoy it. Uh, you know, once or twice a year, I watch the championship finals as well. Uh, but yeah, stayed up for the halftime show. It was it was I thought it was pretty weak, apart from Beyonce, who right. I thought was excellent. Good. She's good. She's good. Uh, when we were introducing ourselves, our guest uh, was stood up. who was just uh, disrobing because uh, we have a, a quite uh, quite a rapid changeover from the show uh, preceding us. Uh, I, you said hello, I'm Steve Curran, and then you said hello, I'm Anne Scansbury, and I said my bit. And he pointed and he went, what about me? He said. <laughs> so what about me? And I said, hang on, hang on. And you can understand why that may be, because uh, we've got video game royalty in the, in, in the house. Or actual royalty. It's, uh, it's Sir Charles Cecil, CBE. <laughs> oh, do you know, I'm so proud to be appearing in your show again. Thank you for inviting me. How's it going, Charles? It's going really well, thanks. Um, we finished off... Broken Sword 5 on PC, Linux, Mac, um, iOS, uh, Android, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. And is this in, board. Was this in Unity, Charles? No, it was, certainly wasn't in Unity. It wasn't in no, Unity, because no, 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 in no. Unity you get all that stuff for free. You just click a button, so you can go on and on about how 
simple it is. No, no, no. It's very complex, right? Okay. But but it's great now because um, we are in the process of celebrating our 25th anniversary. Right. <gasps> Despite my youthful looks, I have been. Uh, well, I've actually. Been, I wrote my first game in 1981. Wow. So so I am actually quite ancient. Right. Um, and uh, we're celebrating that and moving on to new games. So it's great. It's fantastic to sort of move on because Broken Sword Five's been great, but it's kind of taken a good few years of my yeah. life. So now it's now now moving are. on to new things. And you're going to give us the exclusive on what those oh, new projects are, exactly. aren't you? Later in the show. Yeah, yeah. Really looking forward to that, Charles. Wait. Thank you for coming in, Charles. Um, we look forward to chatting to you properly, but you've got to wait. You've got to wait because uh, Anne's got uh, her usual news. For Monday the 8th of February, I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. Peter Molyneux is back with another controversy. Earlier this week, his studio 22 Counts released Goddess Wars, a real-time strategy game as a Steam Early Access title. It was free for existing owners of Goddess and Kickstarter backers and cost £11 for everyone else. But players soon learned that once they completed the first continent, the second would have to be bought in a microtransaction for £4.99. Were people happy about this? No, people were not happy about this. The microtransaction has since been removed, but it's not a great step out into the world after months of silence from the company. I saw Peter did an interview. Didn't he? Yeah, he's done. He's done an interview, and he said he wasn't doing any that's interviews. That's it. I'm not doing those no more. He said last yeah, he year. Did, that's he? it. That's it. I know he did some interviews to explain why he wasn't doing interviews anymore, didn't he? Right. And then he left, right. and that was it. Maybe he's. Maybe he did want to explain why he's still not doing right. interviews. <laughs> Just to update you, still not doing it. Yeah. Charles has Charles. his hand up. Am I allowed to speak? You are, Charles. Please please do. Please do. Because just after Peter said he wasn't going to do any interviews, he came to Dubrovnik because there was Reboot and (laughs) actually did do a talk there, which was was very interesting. It was very good, actually. He, He talked about what had gone wrong and why he wasn't going to do any more interviews right. after that. So was that, a, was that a talk or was that an interview? That, that was a talk, actually. Okay. Wow. Well or, done, Anne. Fine. Yeah. 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 Picked or, out that detail, shot him down. Exactly. Good work. Or was it a calendar entry where the um, duration of the calendar was for a year? <laughs> not, not, do not talk to press. <laughs> expires, <laughs> expires in a year's time. Um, he must be 25 years old as well, must he? Like you? Peter Molyneux, is he older or younger than you? Oh, golly, that's, uh, I would say, let's say he's about the same age. Okay. Um, He's bolder than me, but looks younger. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How do you feel when you see the the issues that uh, Peter has gone through recently, the whole Curiosity Goddess stuff and things eventually... um, Catching up with him sounds wrong, but uh, he, he, he used to be so revered, and now he's he's he seems well, he, now he's not. How do you feel as someone of like of of his time? Well, I think in the in in the social media age, you really need to think very very carefully about what you say. Um, we we did a Kickstarter, and so we had uh, a community of fifteen thousand wonderful people, um, and generally they were great. But but if you put out mixed messages, or if you said something and went back on it then you inevitably run into trouble. So the key thing, I would say, is just be really clear on what you're going to say and, and make sure it doesn't change. And, I mean, Peter invented the God game. You know, that's the God Sim game, and that's really, really impressive. So I, I'm not going to sit in any way knock him, but um, certainly from my perspective, I think uh, I, I would always want to know what I was going to say. Right. One of the... Um, one thing, God, I'm talking a lot now, aren't I? No, no, that's why you're here. It's a radio show. <laughs> one, one of the things that, you know, in our, in our Kickstarter that... Um, Went, went wrong was that we'd promised a DRM-free version of the game and uh, we were under huge production pressures uh, and our publisher phoned up and said you really got to sort this out now and, and I knew we couldn't so I basically agreed that they would duplicate uh, Steam versions for, 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 for the uh, backers and of course 90 whatever percent didn't care but the few that did really went quite got, got quite, quite upset quite reasonably because we promised one thing and another and and the temptation was to go straight back and either defend it or do something but actually much better was to wait today and then come back and my, my rep- response having talked to the team um and, and gone through what the the op- options were was to tweet back um it's clearly misunderstood the strength of feeling of course we'll give drm free discs to anybody who wants one and and that ended it there but but that was a decision that we'd spent a day kind of considering what was the best way of digging ourselves out of this hole was this before or after uh, john walker interviewed peter molyneux C- can you remember 
I think it was before. Yeah, because so now it's a, it's a slightly different world, though, isn't it? Now you, John Walker could have uh, ca- <laughs> caught wind of that and told you off. <laughs> God, God help us all. Yes, um, the, I mean John. The, the, the whole fun, the funny thing, of course, is that you've got Gamergate talking about the uh, corruption of journalists um, and and how wonderful the uh, the bloggers are. And it really is quite the other way around. The, um, the, the journalists, uh, I find, are incredibly honest in the way that they will absolutely refuse to take anything that could even be perceived to be a bribe and give a very, very honest account of, of what they think. Much more honest, probably, than, you know, than in, in, in years gone by. Um, and, and, and bloggers, on the other hand, are quite happy to take quite a lot of money to, to cover a game. It's, it's, it's a really strange situation at the moment. Apple has refused to add The Binding of Isaac Rebirth to the App Store due to its depiction of violence towards children. The game follows a young boy trying to escape from his mother who's been given an order from God to kill him. Publisher Nicholas has been teasing an iOS release for a couple of weeks before publishing Apple's rejection letter. The game has already been ported on the PS4, Xbox One, the Vita, 3DS and Wii U. It's not certain if they'll appeal this decision or if, like the game, it's binding. Hmm, interesting. Is it out on Android? <clears throat> it's not, I don't no, think, uh, I don't think but so. probably for different reasons, I would have mm, thought. Yeah, um, I imagine because, so Because uh, Alto's Adventure yeah. is coming out on Android this week and this week. <laughs> oh, when did I review it? Uh, yeah, years a ago on our, year on our, yeah, uh, free for us lot. Oh, mm-hmm. is it? Yeah, because we can't be trusted. Surprise. That's why. That's the problem, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? And I guess in a way that's also speaks to this issue right because you either have a curated locked down app store in which case you're depending on the opinions of someone (laughs) to say whether something's acceptable or not or you have a free-for-all um things aren't so locked down it's a wild west and then people are afraid to put stuff on there because partially because it's very very hard to get visible on there but also because piracy and that Mm. Mm. but you can't see apple changing their policy in this particular instance can you well it's a huge game i mean just make the blood green right exactly (laughs) Uh, just make the children adults it's a it's a big deal this this game but i can't believe it's big enough for them to to change their whole policy and also i think it's well you know you flippantly say that that's of course what people did back in the day with uh, mortal kombat Carmageddon Fighter Carmageddon as well one. Uh, for Just the, for in Germany though Just in just, Germany Just in Germany No you're right Charles He's, uh, he's the uh, No it wasn't That's not true It is true Carmageddon yeah. Carmageddon yeah But yeah. not for Mortal Kombat That was a change made On the Super Nintendo Worldwide wasn't it was it? I don't know. I was talking about Carmageddon. I, I was with we Charles. Were. We were. <laughs> Charles and I were chatting about Carmageddon, as sure. we always do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't imagine it's as easy to change the offensive part of this game, given it's really? so integral to the game itself. I think they should have to. What do you think should happen, Anne? Well, isn't this censorship? Isn't this you can't talk about the real issues? You <laughs> shut it all down. It's not like saying... Go on, everyone. Go out and do it. It'll be really brilliant. You'll have a great time mm-hmm. if you start beating up children. Sort of does the opposite to that, right? So, so what do you think Apple's job should be here? Just to just to let everyone publish anything on their platform? Is no, that- I think like I, I, well, I guess the thing is, it's their platform, their home, their rules. Mm-hmm. They can do what they want. So they can. So it's so, so it's fine can, what they've done. But I don't believe that it is okay. So it's not okay. It's not fine. It's complicated, isn't it, Steve? Women over 18 now make up the largest demographic of game players. That's according to a study released by the Entertainment Software Association of America's Game Players. Women over 18 are 36% of the current gaming population, followed by men over 18 at 35%. Teenage boys make up only 17%. The number of people playing games has increased overall, with 59% of Americans now playing games and 51% of all US households having a console. The gender split across all ages, however, goes 52% to men, 48 to women, so maybe it's not all going to be pink Three vagina games from now on. Aren't all women over 18? <laughs> is that your understanding? <laughs> this is my understanding. Is that what you, that what you tell the judge? Exactly. I've, had to, I've had to think about this for a while, but aren't all. Oh no, you're right. Aren't no, all he's women... right. No, I think you can be. Because oh, otherwise they're girls. Exactly, just turn the blood green. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. Anne. No, yeah, he's, he's got you. <laughs> So what you would not say to uh, if there was a seventeen-year-old woman, I can't call her a woman. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Am I mansplaining what a woman is? Yes, I think so. So 
a sixteen-year-old is a woman. What's the definition of a woman? Well, the term. <laughs> make it my life's <laughs> quest <laughs> to find out. Uh, it's a, oh, ask Siri. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, come on, come on, Siri. Come on. <laughs> oh, how'd you get Siri up? Oh, hang on, Siri. Siri's not available. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is. <laughs> I would, if I was Siri, I'd be. I would have stopped listening a while ago. I'll be honest with you. It's <laughs> all so, right. I'll, I'll Google it on resonance okay. as a cow. Exactly. What is a woman? Hold on. Do you, but you guys, no, no, it's an important story. Do you it, guys. Do it by images as well. Okay. <laughs> you guys deal with this. Okay. Uh, I was trying to do the maths then, and so 35, um, 36% are the uh, uh, ladies, uh, women. 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 35% men. Yeah. 17% boys. boys. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, leaves 12% girls. Yeah. Right. I would have thought it'd be slightly... Uh, I'd, yeah, I'm, su- I'm surprised that girls are, slow, are so, so low. Really? Uh, going by uh, my niece, who's a hundred percent of the girls I know, uh, and she's um, she's a PlayStation Three uh, game, a PlayStation Plus member. Yeah, yeah. loves video games. Yeah, I, I would have expected it. She to wants be... a PS Four. She wants a yeah, PS Four. Don't yeah. we all? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a hundred percent of girls and a hundred percent of women. Obviously, this um, this talked a lot about casual gaming and how actually uh, one of the biggest uh, biggest demographics that is rising in, in popularity is uh, women over 50 because they love their Facebook ink, ink my mum yeah yeah. is she into games now yeah when she came over last year she just uh, it was great she was just um, she, she came over to visit her new grandchildren and um, when she got home she just opened up her little laptop and played Farm Hero Saga when she went out live she'd look up and say Simon can you go on Facebook and give me some lives please and then uh, <laughs> she played other games yeah she even went from Hitchin down to Canary Wharf to meet uh, Rancid the Raccoon uh, <laughs> to have a picture taken uh, stood next to him so that she could annoy her Facebook friends brilliant and this is for someone who, who would f- never supported my career in video games 36%. we're all gamers now well Counter-Strike player has gone vigilante and tricked over 3,000 players who were cheating into getting banned. Counter-Strike global offensive player Android L made three hacks that would help players in a variety of ways. But what the other players of Valve's game didn't know was that these hacks also contained things that would trip Valve's anti-cheat ban. So that once the players started using them, Valve's server would notice and would ban them. Maybe Android L will take this role seriously, get a cape and become video game's very own Superman. I didn't even know Counter-Strike was still a thing. It is, isn't it? It's, it's top of the Steam charts in terms deal. of playtime. Yeah. Do you not look at Steam Spy? I don't. Why? You do a lot. I do you look know at you're a, a lot, publisher. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a publishing man, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, no, loads of people are still playing it. I mean, I'm not one of them, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. No, me no. So is it constantly being updated? Does it get don't new know. maps? Do yep. people... Don't know. Okay. Well, it's people been love an, to cheat, It's been though. an education for me. <laughs> Charles, do you play Counter-Strike? Well, I was really hoping you weren't going to ask me. Uh, I generally what, just play single single player games. I'm afraid because okay. I'm just so rubbish, and I like to take my time. And I I like to play these uh, you know first person shooters on easy and, uh, and, right. and not embarrass only myself. But what do you think about someone uh, another player taking the law into their own hands and saying, "No, you don't cheat. Not on my watch. I'm going to get you banned." Well, that sounds like uh, the same as what Apple are doing by banning uh, the mutilation of children in, mm. in their games, which you're in favour of. Which you're in favour of, or not? I can't. I can't. I'm definitely not, or I definitely am. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, a Fallout 3 fan wrote to Bethesda's official store asking for a refund on the $125 four-disc limited edition vinyl soundtrack he had received because one of the four discs was warped, and he was not happy with the transaction. He sent a photo of the damaged disc and was issued a refund, but only for one of the discs. When he got back in touch and was like, what? They told him that if he wanted a refund for all the discs, he would have to destroy them and send photographic evidence. So he took a hammer to the limited edition vinyl, took a picture with his sad face, and got a refund looks like there won't be any celebrations for this record breaker sorry was we're just gonna play some music now Steve. <laughs> <laughs> i used to work with this guy paul Did watson yeah. yeah he was always smashing smashing records was up he? yeah uh, no. he was a smashing fellow was he <laughs> that's, that's good better. that's good charles yeah i need to get you on my team <laughs> um yeah it seems seems a strange uh, policy this um yeah. we've have we not heard about this before with no, regards this to other things. To me. 
I know that eBay have been in trouble with it before. Mm. Uh, I think it was a case involving a violin. Oh, yes! That someone had to smash, smash up, up yeah. an expensive violin to prove... That wasn't a video game, though, so Eurogamer couldn't write about no. it, could they? This Guitar Poly- could, yeah, poly- <laughs> I was going to say Polygon did. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I think that illustrates the breadth of our... Mm. Yeah. You, know, you, you, you read the sun, <laughs> I read the star. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you think there's money we could make from this? I'm just trying to think, you know... It's our 10th anniversary, it's about time we started monetizing the mm. show. And maybe there are things we could... Sp- Smash up for money, like games. We could smash up for money. We'd have to get the games first, I suppose. I Steve this Charles is going to talk to us about some um, about a new physical set that we can get the faulty <laughs> and we can <laughs> get refunds <laughs> off Bethesda. Shall we do that? Brilliant. Thanks, Anne. One life left. Video game news with Anne Resonance 104.4 FM, the greatest radio station in the world. Remember, Resonance FM's annual fundraiser runs from February 13th to the 21st. That is very soon, isn't it, Anne? It's next week. It's next week. And it's next week. I was going to mention, you, you, uh, you jokingly said we talk about monetizing the show. Mm. One of the uh, items you can bid on in the auction will be... To occupy the space that Charles Cecil currently is in, no. you can, you wow. can uh, bid to become a guest on the show where Sir Charles Cecil, CBE, <laughs> currently sits, where uh, Mike, Mike Bithell started off his video game career, uh, Lord uh, Miles Jacobson, he's been in that seat as well. So, Isn't it priceless, though? It is. It is priceless. That's what I put on the text, or did I put the text for the curve stuff? I can't remember. If oh, you... If you bid very, very quickly, you'll still feel the warmth, <laughs> Charles, <laughs> yeah. through the, uh, so that through will the be, seats. So that will be going live uh, next week, along with loads of other brilliant stuff, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, that was Clam and Regainer. Clam, a friend of the show, of course, as well. It's from chipmusic.org, and you should check out that site and listen to all the brilliant chip tunes on there. Um, I had a bit of any other business, but I'll return to that okay. after the interview section. Cool. Uh, Charles, then, happy birthday. Thank you, Simon. What's, Thank you. Uh, what's the exact date? Um, Can you remember? It's sort of late-ish March. Is it? 20- In fact, I looked it up on the Wikipedia page, <laughs> on Revolution Wikipedia, I promise you, because I hadn't got the first clue. Right. <laughs> and it said the 23rd of March. Okay. So, um, and, and then it had a reference for Company's House, so I followed the reference. This was just a couple of days ago. <laughs> they were absolutely right. They'd gone to Company House, looked up Revolution, seen that we used to be called Turnvale, the date at which we changed it, and it was all on Wikipedia. I love Wikipedia, because they know more about you than you know about yourself. <laughs> I, I, I remember... I remember you telling me you, you, you learned some other facts about yourself, didn't you, from Wikipedia a while back? Well, the, the, the facts that I'd forgotten. Okay. Like, I actually did a, an open university course That's many, right. many years ago on, um, on film studies, which I'd totally forgotten about. And they told me why I gave up. <laughs> I thought, do you know they're actually right? That's exactly why I gave up. Now, who put that down? I have no idea, but bless them that they care enough Excellent. to actually, you know, write these things. What was the first thing that Revolution did then? Ooh, we wrote a game. Our first game was called Lure of the Temptress, which was quite ironic in a way because uh, the games that we write were... were when, at the back, in, back in the early na- 90s, 
the depiction of women in video games was absolutely awful. And, you know, one of our missions was to try and not, not be politically correct as such, but just not be silly in the way that so many of these games were. And then our first game was called Lure of the Temptress, which kind of defeats the whole point, in a way. Do you think? And as a woman or, ask, or a girl. Should we ask Siri? Yes. yes. <laughs> Um, that was that was a pretty big deal though, Lord of the Temptress, wasn't it? It did it did very well. It was um, I think that was the first game that pitted you up against the might of the American uh, point and click adventures, right? Is that where the rivalry started? Well, the we started at about the same time as LucasArts, but okay. we didn't know them, and I'm sure they didn't know us. Um, so both them and us were were writing games in response to Sierra taking themselves much too seriously, and in particular King's Quest, okay. where Kem, King Graham spelt in a strange way of Daventry. I mean, Daventry. Daventry, for God's sake. You know. um, and, and, and it just took itself. It was this sort of American view of uh, ye olde England, but without any sense of irony or humour. And, and, and we were kind of just going in response to that, and it was fun, and we, we were young. I mean, I have to say, I have to give a, a mention to Sean Brennan, who... Um, is now talking about Bethesda. He's yeah. the one that signs the checks yeah. when money is sent back to people who smash their records. <laughs> um, but, but Sean, who I'd known for many years, um, came to when I was working at Activision and, and, and took me out to lunch and said, look, uh, he was working for a company called Mirasoft at the time, and he said, look, we'd, we'd love to support you if, if, if you want to come up. So I had this wonderful scenario where um, Activision was in the process of going bankrupt and, and, and said that I was going to be made redundant, but could I work for three days a week? which was fantastic because mm-hmm. I could spend two days a week uh, founding and setting up Revolution. And, and meanwhile, as long as we came up with something good, Sean was going to, you know, had promised to look very favourably on the games that we wrote. So, so it, was a, it was a great start. It was very um, ser- serendipitous. Yep. That's the word. That's the word. That's the word. From Lord of the Temptress to Beneath the Steel Sky? Yeah, Beneath the Steel Sky was um, worked with a comic book artist called Dave Gibbons. Um, when I was at Activision, I'd been asked by my cousin Rod, um, sorry, Rod Cousins at Activision had asked me to go and meet with Dave because uh, he'd just written a comic book called Watchmen, of course. Um, wonderful, wonderful Watchmen. And um, we were interested in the possibility of licensing it. Uh, and I went to meet Dave and, and then Activision collapsed. So when we were in the process of designing um, Beneath the Steel Sky, I got back in touch with him. And to my absolute delight, he said that he'd like to work with us on it. And we at that time, I mean, Dave was a superstar. I mean, he, he is, of course, the uh, comic book laureate um, mm. at the moment, yeah. which, is, which, is, which is great. But uh, we were above um, uh, an arcade in, in Hull. And he used to take the, the train across and eat bacon butties with us. And it was just great. And, you know, he was a, a very major part of, of, of the, certainly the artwork and, and, and large elements of the story. And it was great to work with him. Uh, next up, and, and sorry, and I have also have to say, and that was when we first a, 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 Mr., a young Mister Byron came to our attention. No. Hello, because <laughs> Hello. He, we didn't know him at the time. We didn't they were looking know him at, at heroes for Watchmen. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> should we model it on him? Yeah, the, the, the Byronic warrior <laughs> was one that was very much considered. Um, but but Simon um, was uh, we the editor of the one, or, or I became I eventually became editor of the one. Yeah, I was staff writer initially. A staff writer, and 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 I remember very well. Uh, Simon gave the game a really great review, and. The, uh, the wording was, I could sum this game up in one word, superb. Which we kind of remember 20, well, that is a word. You 20, were good. 23 years later. Yeah. Um, so, so that was great. And how much did that review cost you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, he's still paying it off. <laughs> um, and then Broken Sword, um, which is a series which has uh, been running since then. Did you ever imagine it would, it would last as well, long? Well, we thought, we, we, we hoped that it would be a trilogy. You know that um, Broken Sword has just got a Guinness Book of Records for having the longest-running protagonist in an adventure game. Wow. Congratulations. You're you're looking stunned, Al. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. (laughs) What does that mean, then? Because obviously being a sir, you can can run sheep across the uh, (laughs) London Bridge or whatever it is. What does having a Guinness Book of Records mean for you? Now, what can you do? Well, I'm rather hoping that they're going to give me something, uh, a little plaque to put on um, on, on the piano. Uh, can next, I just, next to my BAFTA. <laughs> my BAFTA for Doctor Who. Can I just... And your friend Stephen Moffat. Right, can I just check, before I continue jokingly referring to you as sir, is it treason to, uh, to take that sort of thing in vain? Because you're not a sir, are you? I'm absolutely not a sir. And, okay. and, and you've got me down as a CBE. I know, right, that was and deliberate not, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's, right, it's, it's a very, very low, low one. It's the MBE. It's the okay. first one on the rung. Oh, is that right? Yeah. But it was great to go to um, Buckingham Palace <laughs> and, and get the thing from Prince Charles. And he looked me in the eye and he said, 
do you write those violent video games? <laughs> what did you say? To which I said, do you talk no, no, sir, our, our, our video games are, are cerebral and have a very strong story. And he said, I'm so pleased about that. <laughs> and then moved on. Excellent. I thought you were OBE. Actually, that's why I was doing CBE as no, a joke. No, 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 no. So, in no. fact, I was promoting you. You were, yes. You promoted <laughs> me twice. Not, double, not, double, double, double I did. Promoting yeah, me. Um, Broken Sword, then George and Nico, uh, original trilogy. Uh, what have they been up to... So, so how, how has it continued since since three and four? And so why? Because you've moved it onto different formats. You've 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 experimented with. Uh, I remember you standing up and proudly declaring the point and click adventure dead, uh, and then it only to come scurrying back a few. Uh, I remember few... we were talking about what people say, and it comes back to haunt right. That was that was a classic. <laughs> was it? But I have I've, I've worked out my spin on that. Okay. And my spin is that when we wrote Broken Souls one and two, they were mainly PC, and then. Uh, do you remember all the publishers used to say the PC is dead, um, adventures are dead? There's this, you know, the, 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 these these great expressions, and uh, particularly the Americans. And so we had to write the game for console. So therefore, when I said the point and click is dead, I was kind of right because effectively, commercially, it was <laughs> dead. Right. And then, and then for Broken Sword Five, of course, we came back to um, very much point and click and and touch interface and uh, and uh, console um, controller as well. Which brings us up to the 25th anniversary. Then on March the 23rd, yes. uh, how are you celebrating that? Well, we're celebrating because we're actually going to be publishing a a box set, which of course you can then smash and get the <laughs> refund for. <laughs> except except that you you have to bought the intro is you have to have bought it in the first place. No, and get a refund. because we assume we're getting pro- press copies. Y- yes. In- Triplicate, yes, yes, yeah, but 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 then to get a refund, it's massive. You have to fake up a receipt. Yeah, yeah, you're going to fake up a receipt. That's That's right. If if any of you are good at Photoshop, very good at Photoshop. So, so what we're doing is this: this is going to have all of our games. It's going to have posters. It's going to have um, a rather interesting and rather nice looking broken sword usb stick okay it's gonna have an audio cd of all of our um of, of the best music from all of our games uh it's going to have lots of other things as well um broken sword 5 all the other games uh, I'm forgetting something. Um, I'll remember it in a minute. A surprise. A surprise. <laughs> Absolutely. A surprise for Absolutely. everybody. A cuddly toy? And no some chocolate. Toys. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, and this will be available in shops, or do we, do we buy it from you guys? No, it'll, be, it'll be shops. Okay. Yeah. We work with uh, Koch or Koch, um, and they're brilliant because they have a, the most fantastic. I mean, they're a big, big, big publisher. They publish a lot of their own games. They're used to distributing DVDs. Um, and we worked with them on Broken Sword 5, and then. Broken Sword 5 PC, uh, and then Broken Sword 5 console, and now on this. And it's kind of the way that developers and publishers should work. Uh, we, take all, we take the risk, we fund it, they take the risk in terms of creating the inventory, and um, we have a very equitable relationship. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of developers you know, curse publishers, but, but the relationship's changed now. It's, 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 it's a much more equitable one. When will this be going on sale? It will be the 11th of March. Okay. So, so a whole two weeks before, <laughs> uh, and then and then what next? What what are you going to do for the start of your twenty sixth year? Or? Yeah, it's it's a really really boring answer, but it is the truth, and that is I really don't know. We're we're, we're coming up with a number of prototypes for an original game. Where we're talking to Dave about Dave Gibbons about doing something with him. Um, there are a whole lot of Broken Sword six ideas. I, I really honestly don't know what we're going to do next, and that's great because we're a small independent developer. We can kind of choose. When the right thing... So we could give you ideas. Oh, yes, please. Um, Maybe there are three... We can't have three protagonists. Maybe there are three heroes. There were going to be three heroes. They were going to be three wise men at one point, but now they're going to be two wise men and a very, very wise... A uh, woman. Woman will go with woman. Girl, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely over 18. <laughs> Great. What's the best way to uh, to follow you for the latest news? How can people stay up to date? We have a, a Twitter for the company, for Revolution, which is RevBot. Right. Uh, R-E-V-B-O-T. Or people are welcome to follow me, although I am a pretty useless uh, Twitterer. <laughs> Not um, when you leave your phone as, out uh, as, when you're drinking in Germany. As Simon told me last... Uh, sorry, as Steve, Steve told Steve me last told time. You. And he gives me a really... Well, actually, no, he gave me very encouraging. He's actually told me that I improved enormously. <laughs> You've got so much better, Charles. Have I? I really feel like I, I'm connecting with you. <laughs> engaging with you, yeah. I'm blooming useless, I have to say. But anyway, my, my Twitter handle is Ch- Charles Cecil, uh, spelt uh, as you would expect, C-E-C-I-L. <laughs> Um, and, and, but, but every time I am very, very 
disconcerted by the replies that I get back from Steve, so you won't get all that many tweets, and each one will have been thought through very, very carefully. <laughs> Do you have an Instagram? Uh, I, I'm not a... You're no. on Instagram, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Uh, Bebo? No. <laughs> All right, we'll no, see you. I'm really embarrassed to admit that I'm not on Instagram because that I should. Bebo, Bebo must be a little bit passe, isn't it? Well, I mean. <laughs> We're bringing some. it back, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see you there. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Sega Badawi, and welcome to One Life Left Local News. The villagers in the Animal Crossing region have been rocked by the news that doors to homes in the village have been painted a certain colour to identify humans living there. Apparently, some animal villagers have not been happy with the recent influx of human economic migrants and wanted to know which houses to avoid. One source, who didn't want to be named, so all we can tell you is that they work at the local post office and are the grumpier out of the two pelicans that work there, said... All these people do is come here, shake all our trees, capture all our bugs, and hit our rocks with their spades. Well, I call a spade a spade, which means it should be used for digging, not hitting rocks. Even worse, these humans get fast-tracked to being made mayor above hard-working native animals. It's just not right. Thomas J. Nook, the DIY and home design expert, clarified that the human residents did have the option to paint their doors different colours. It's just that they preferred to spend their bells on fancy chairs and robot clocks instead. Thanks and back to your usual programming. letters thank you so much for your letters we've received this week um it was quite good this week it was they really came throughout the week didn't they really it really lovely really nice felt like a hug every time felt we like we were in. really engaging it did listeners. uh matt and lawrence apologies we're, we're not reading them out this week because uh, we've got three specifically for charles mm. wow cameron davis writes good day team ol and super special guest quick question without notice for Sir Charles Cecil CBE. If you were put in charge of making a One Life Left point-and-click adventure game, what would a tricky puzzle be to have in it? Something, perhaps, where Anne has to go around Simon's house and steal Steve's cricket bat without anybody noticing, question mark. Love the show, Cameron, from blowthecartridge.com. Charles, on the spot. Ooh, uh, uh, I think it would have to involve three geniuses, absolutely. Um, and one of whom is an incredibly talented broadcaster. But the, the, the puzzle, the puzzle then, oh, and that's the woman, by the way. And the puzzle, <laughs> the puzzle then becomes determining who of the other two is the best game designer and writer. Wow. Now, mm. that would be a tricky one without offending the one that you haven't it would chosen. Be, it would be tricky. Is this the sort of one of them lies, one of them always exactly, tells the truth? Exactly, exactly. Type thing. Okay. Yeah. You ask their brother. That's what you do. <laughs> that's, like, that's my understanding. So no, it's actually easy. It's, it was. It would. It would be. Um, if I asked you, Simon. It, sorry, Simon. If Hi. I was. If I was to ask Steve, who was the best game designer? <laughs> what would he say? Does Does he always tell the truth or always lie? <laughs> I forget about that one. <laughs> he, he, he always tells the truth. Okay, then it would be. I think we all know what he'd say. Yeah. <laughs> Dear team and super duper special guest, writes Chris Stewart. Happy Chinese New Year! I've got two questions today for Charles Cecil if he's feeling in the mood. Hopefully he is. Yes. Otherwise, why is he on the radio? Good question. Firstly, what was Charles Cecil's favourite game that he worked on in his career and why? Well, I, I, I can't... I, it would be very unfair to mention one that I've actually written, so I'm going to go back to the US Gold days. And when I first arrived at US Gold in about 1986, 1987, I had the really... As head of development, 
I, I arrived expecting a massive company, you know, loads of people in my department, producers, uh, QA people, audio. It was me and a game set with two of us. <laughs> but, but, and this was one of the most successful um, publishers of, 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 at that time. But we were in the process, we'd licensed OutRun. So I had to spend hours and hours and hours playing OutRun just so that I knew every minutiae of the detail. And I have to say, I really, really enjoyed that. That was, that was a great, great perk. Good answer. And secondly, what was, for Charles Cecil MBE, the most important thing he learned during, during his time at Revolution? All of these questions are in the past tense. Oh, yeah, interesting. Maybe that's because it's to do the 25th anniversary, so, so they're looking back. <laughs> what was <laughs> the most, that. assuming you're not going to learn anything anymore, what was the most important thing you learned well, during uh, your our, time at Revolution? Our, our Kickstarter was extraordinary because of the way that we engaged with our community and I mean, we were talking earlier about uh, another developer and um, coming unstuck in that regard. So I think be absolutely honest when you talk to people um, and and if things do change and explain why they've changed because I think generally people get really upset, particularly if they've helped to fund a project, if they don't feel that you're being utterly honest with them and telling them exactly what's going on and if you change why and then if you have them on side and everybody feels that you really are being honest then they don't mind if there's bad news because they're, they're part of that whole journey so yeah be, be honest with your with your with your um your, your backers and your supporters okay uh i'm sure that will satisfy chris stewart who uh Thank you, chris. says love and kisses oh, nice. kisses back <laughs> Uh, dear team and super special guest, or at least I hope your super special guest managed to get to you and wasn't detained by being unable to get through a sewer since he was unable to see a collection of four red pixels which was supposed to represent a clown's nose. It took me three hours to get past that point That's in Broken Sword, you know, and not helped by the PlayStation controller having massive dead zones making moving the cursor a pain. That was almost 20 years ago and I still remember it. Which bits of games do you all remember for the wrong reasons? Tim. Answer the accusation, Charles. That's outrageous. Four pixels. That's outrageous. Uh, it was. It, it might have been four pixels, but there were some pixel pixels around it that were kind of half between red and the rest. So, <laughs> not a denial. I. I. Okay. Most people who really enjoyed that game on the PlayStation, I think, used a mouse. <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it because what on, on, on the back of the, the, the you know the little um, insert that goes in. Um, the, it was all about broken soul. On the back, it's please buy a mouse. It's like please, please oh, buy a mouse. And I think they did. So, um, so who is this? Who's Tim. This? Tim. Tim. Look, I'm really sorry. Uh, I, I, I have to say, one of the one of my regrets. The question before was what I was learned. One of my regrets is that we didn't actually take that interface, um, put a little bit more work into the interface. Maybe even go to direct control, because nobody expected the game to be successful. Virgin had turned it down. Um, Sony kind of weren't all that excited until I really badgered them. And the game got fantastic reviews and sold half a million copies, which at the time was extraordinary. So it just shows that, you know, the publishers were really out of tune in many ways with what people actually wanted. Or that reviewers are more easily bought than, <laughs> than uh, you'll let on. Thank you very much for those letters. Uh, Lawrence and Matt will read yours out uh, next week, but do keep them coming to... Team1lifeleft.com
This is uh, Yuki Kakushi. It's okay to cry. It's brilliant, I think. Uh, you guys are having a laugh. Having a right laugh. Having a laugh. We're having a right laugh. <laughs> so he just heard you say okay to cry and replied, I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> so uh, we were going to clarify uh, with Siri, okay. were we? Oh my god. Siri, what is a woman? Siri, what is a woman? Okay, I found this. I mean, it's just linked to a Wikipedia page, so... Okay, because I googled uh, what is a woman on Resonance's Google accounts. We'll be in their history. Hey, we can look at Resonance's history. Yeah, excellent. Let's do that. Uh, and it says, definition of a woman, an adult human female. Yeah, right, there you go. Wow. So an adult human female. Obviously, I then googled what is an adult, because have to be clear on this. What is an adult? Anybody who's over 18. Is it's, that the same in America? Well, it says here, a person who is fully grown. Mm. Are any of us really fully so, grown? Quite good so I googled what is fully grown... <laughs> And at that point, Google stopped defining things for me. Right. Right, which I'd say is a much better job than Siri, because yeah. by saying, well, you ask Siri what is a woman, and he goes, I found this, that's failing the Betchadel test, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this. Hmm. Uh, okay, what was... Uh, oh, so many other business. Okay. You might remember, uh, listeners to One Life Left, that a couple of weeks ago we had a letter... Uh, from a listener who um, reported to us that there were ghosts oh, in yeah. the Resonance FM studio. Yep. I know. Wow. Ghosts. Uh, so there'd been an article they'd read on The Londonist, which uh, reported that two Resonance FM presenters had seen a ghost in this very studio, a ghost with menacing dark teeth and wild eyes. And so I, uh, obviously, I, I, due, due diligence, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a health and safety issue there, so I brought it up with residents. Yeah, quite uh, right. Um, and they said, we've never heard of this. Did they? They did. Do they? The ghost story is a ghost story in itself. What? They don't know that the ghosts... They, they've, they've no record of these ghosts existing. Even in the logbook. You meant to... You meant <laughs> in the to, ghost logbook. Ghost logbook. <laughs> it's empty. Zero entries. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the ghost mystery... They don't know that... that uh, as far as residents are concerned, no presenters have ever reported a ghostly incident. So, um, either the presenters who reported it were ghosts themselves, or perhaps we are the ghosts right now... Oh, and God. I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Well, maybe about it. Sort of. Yeah, so there Charles, we go. maybe you could make a game about three ghost, ghost radio presenters. Yes. Haunting a studio yes. and making people write articles about them. I, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, Steve's looking quite pale, though. Unless. Um, so I was wondering, maybe somebody saw him wandering around at night and mistook him for a ghost. <laughs> You're looking really well, Charles, and handsome. <laughs> it's time for the reviews section. Uh, I'm going to hand in my homework at the end. I'm not going to do one. Uh, I've collaborated. Really? Yeah. Really? And what, what, what have you been playing? Well, <laughs> I'm sort of going to defer as well. It's been a very busy week and I'm not ready to review the game that I did play. So I'm going to review... I did um, an IRL uh, adventure game. I saw you bragging about this on social yeah, media. Yeah, I entered the Oubliette, uh, it, which is an escape the room game in Brixton. Um, and it is made by someone who used to work at Hide and Seek, I think, Mink. Um, and oh my goodness, it's so good. It's really, really fun. But I don't really know how, I can't really talk about it without spoilers, really, can you? You can't do that, can you? Did you get out in time? Did I get up? Uh, we got the fastest time. Wow. We had nine minutes thirty wow. something remaining. Wow! Yeah, pretty good for an hour. Did you know you were about to finish it? Because you could just sat there. Um, so there is the thing that you do. Um, everyone was scrabbling around to try and figure out the last thing that you have to do before the room opens. But obviously, we didn't know that that was the last thing. Um, and we had something in front of us, and everyone was running around going, "What about this? What about this?" And I just sort of casually flicked a switch with which um just thought might as well see what happens yeah, it turns out that just totally opened the room and and there was no ceremony whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> it was and uh, people started shouting who did that and uh my boyfriend said it was Anne, and i thought he had got me in trouble <laughs> um turns out 
it was a celebratory uh, it was Anne and he wasn't just selling me out um, but yeah it's a brilliant brilliant uh, room all like uh, all of the puzzles are really uh, interesting they're quite quite hard obviously they're solvable um, but I'd never done one of these before and the closest that I think I'd ever got to doing it is video games uh, and it's made me go back and we're gonna play The Witness now because it's basically sort of the same thing right uh, they trained you well yeah so I would give that 7 out of 10 definitely go and visit it Charles what have you been playing last night I was playing Ori and the Blind Forest because it was a pretty it's a pretty game um I've been playing uh, a nice 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 oh golly I've totally forgotten uh, Steve you you, bet, you you talk now and then I'll and come back to me I Hello. forgot who Steve Davis was the other week. So <laughs> I, I, I know, I know what's going on. Oh, I know the game. Sorry, Prune was Prune is a lovely game oh, on iOS. Yes. Really beautiful. Um, exactly how sort of emergent graphics should look. Just a beautiful, beautiful game. Charles, I hated it. Why? Well, you'll notice he hasn't said anything positive about the actual game. He's just said it's beautiful. Yeah. I, I agree that it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Next. Why did you hate it? I can't remember. I think I Maybe just... Maybe because there's not very much to do. Yeah, I think... And it's it, not very long. It was just a bit boring. I think that it just sort of didn't really go anywhere and I found it a bit annoying. Yeah, I was being asked which games I played. Oh, yes. Okay, sure. So, so... Um, and I just thought it was so beautiful. Somebody recommended it. It is beautiful, though. But I think that we can't get caught up in games being beautiful because all games should have some kind of... Something that is good or interesting about them. But beauty can't be the only thing. Well, I was asked just this afternoon what my favourite game was and it was such a difficult question and I had to for its beauty I had to go back to or of recent times I had to go back to Journey from a couple of years ago mm. as a really really oh Simon's so disapproving can't Steve's, just be beautiful can it oh Simon? Anne help me out here god I've just well I've, no I, the, I like Journey <laughs> I think it's fine totally fine I just love the beauty of the, that we can have in, 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 in our Charles, medium Charles what game are you reviewing <laughs> Seven out of ten. <laughs> I, I think. Well, I think I'm going to review uh, Prune because it's very beautiful, but <laughs> but but then again, it, it is. It doesn't go on for very long, and there's no, so I, I think it definitely deserves seven out of ten. Without a question, without a shadow of a doubt. Brilliant. I have been playing uh, Prince of Sofas. What? Does that just mean oh. you've been sitting down a lot? I mean, I actually have been doing that too. Uh, but I've been playing Prince of Sofas, which is uh, the very first mobile release from Game Toilet. Game Toilet is uh, a brilliant uh, book, website, blog of game ideas. Uh, and uh, we should have him on the show, actually, uh, okay. soon. Jerry, and um, he's finally got around to making one of his games into an uh, one of his game ideas into an actual game and that game is Prince of Sofas to talk about Prince of Sofas more uh, would sort of be to spoil some of the lols and you should experience them all for yourself really but it takes place on a sofa the game itself is most similar to I guess something like Cookie Clicker uh, but it is super, super funny. It's free on iOS. I clicked on a thousand adverts or something deliberately because I enjoyed it so much and I didn't resent clicking on a single one. Uh, you should do the same. It's uh, available now for iOS and Android. Uh, so, yeah, grab that. Is that it? So you're gonna play. You're gonna play, aren't you? Well, are you gonna introduce it, or just want? Uh, so, for my review, I was delighted to be joined once again by my son <laughs> <laughs> for uh, his second ever review. He asked to do this. He oh. asked to do this. So, uh, let's hand over to Dexter. Hello. What are you doing in my house again? Uh, uh, I just played Lego Dimensions last review, and now I'm playing Action Hank. Action Hank. That's not out till March. How are you able to play it? Um. You have a special free copy, so um, I can play it. I think that's uh, that's part of the reason, isn't it? Uh, tell us about Action Hank. Uh, what do you do in it? So uh, you start off as a figure, a toy figure, and you're in a room. And you need to race other people, so you go bronze, silver, gold, and then you go... What's next? Um, Race against your personal uh, Describe yeah. Action Hank. What does he look like? He's 
He looks like he should be a superhero, but there's one teeny bit about him. He eats too many donuts. He's too fat. Is he? Okay, and he's racing against his friends in a in a what what sort of world is it? In a bedroom. That's the first level, isn't it? Toy. Right. Well, you're uh, all toys. How do you play it? You you've got the triggers, and you push the trigger forward to go forward. You hold it down, and then X is jump. Yep. And then L two is butt slide, and then but don't butt slide up; it slows you down. And but if you butt slide down, it will make you go really fast. Crikey! Uh, is it difficult? It's very frustrating. Do you mean that in a good way? Um. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. But. Um, it's very frustrating, and I really don't like it when my dad plays on the silver one because he, I always need to say you're never gonna win and stuff. That's you egging me on, isn't it? Yeah. But then I do beat the silver one, don't I? Yeah, because I say right, that. Right, because I'm really good, aren't I? No, because I say. <laughs> that. Okay, what's the best thing about the game? The best thing about the game is probably when you. Bestie. Bestie, and what's the worst thing about the game? Um, worst thing about the game is probably silver. Okay. What because score are you going to give it? Uh, ten. Ten? I really liked it. Wow, you're, you're breaking the review policy again. Well, I think we'll have to bring it down about three points because it's not out yet. No. Uh, thanks very much. Okay. I'm just going to get out of your house again. <laughs> it's next to my son. Uh, I was playing Action Hank uh, to explain the games out in March. It's published by the company that I work for. It's out in March. But you'll be able to vote for it in the um, Vote to Play campaign, which starts tomorrow, Anne. So excited. So exciting. I've been waiting so, for Hashtag this vote, Hank, vote Hank. Uh, yeah, an honest and unbiased review. You know, <laughs> well, it's, it's so frustrating, he said. But then he was talking about having to egg me on. Charles, you wanted to have another go? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, because... I mean, it was so exciting when you came for a sleepover last weekend. <laughs> that was just great. And you brought loads of games. Did. and the Well, you brought some board games yeah. and the Gear VR. And uh, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes was utterly brilliant. Except that the bomb exploded, because for some reason I got it wrong. I, I would have given it ten. Okay. Except clearly the rules were slightly right. slightly skewed up. Because, okay. Because so I can only... I, I'm going to take it down to seven. But but it would have been ten out of ten if I'd beaten it. Imagine if they combined uh, the Gear VR version of Keep Talking Nobody Explodes with Pie Face. <laughs> That's horrific. Let's do it. Does that mean someone actually will... No, I'm just saying you throw a sponge at You don't blow them oh, up, okay. right? <laughs> That's the end of our review section. Uh, thanks to all of our participants this week. It's time for John Life Left. Hello, John here with John Life Left. It's been very easy to um, find an ethical lesson to learn this week because I've been playing a lot of The Witness and like everyone who plays a lot of The Witness, um, it has taken over my life. So I thought what I would do this week is treat life as if it's a really complicated puzzle game and see if I can learn any ethical lessons that way. And um, yeah, we'll take it from there. So watch your space. I'm sat at my desk on a rainy Tuesday morning and my computer is asking for a password. Now, normally I would just type my password in. I know what it is, but I'm treating life like it's a puzzle game. So I've got to look for clues. I've got to look around the room. I've got to empty the desk. I've got to open cupboards in order to figure out what the real password is. My boss is looking at me um, like I've lost my mind because I keep opening and shutting drawers and I'm just walking around in circles. So I'm not sure if um, if I'm going to be able to keep this up, to be honest. Treating life like it's a puzzle game slowed my thinking down. It encouraged me to think more abstractly. It basically made me more philosophical. And I really don't need to be any more philosophical. I'm already doing a feature about philosophy. So I'm not entirely sure if, um, if everyone else in my life is that happy with me treating life like it's a puzzle game. And I do have to think of others, my boss especially. Ultimately, I think maybe life is more simple than puzzle games would suggest, and maybe for that reason we should keep things simple. Um, yeah, more ethics next week. That's John Lean and John Life Left. <laughs> That's some uncensored child reviews then, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> hold back. Does does he? <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Right, well, it's a good job you didn't mention that on air, Charles. 
Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure having like, you on. Nothing like being a professional. No, it's and that's not. nothing it's like good it. job the, the mics are actually down. If you listen to it on the podcast, we're probably going to edit out the bit where, where we didn't realise the mics were up. Uh, so there's a reason to be listening live. Um, we should mention the fundraiser actually starts on the 13th of February, mm-hmm. as when the stuff will be going live, uh, and you'll be able to bid in all sorts of things. Charles, remind us what your next game is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really wish I knew. Is that the title? Yes. Oh, I really, I really wish. It's all about you. It's great, isn't it? It's really that great. is yeah. a very indie very title. Indie game. Oh, I really, really wish right. I'm registering that dot .com yeah, exactly. and the dot .tv <laughs> okay. dot .biz when we get back. Good stuff. Oh, I really wish I knew. Brilliant. It's been a good show, yes. I think. Well done. Thank you for coming on, Charles. It's been well, an absolute pleasure. It's a huge privilege, right? you know, to three such wonderful, <laughs> talented people. I mean, what, why wouldn't? What, I mean, I'm just wondering... How much would I need to pledge, do you think, to come on again uh, next week? Oh, let's find out. Let's find out. (laughs) Go go on, tell me, tell me. I'll I'll be competing with everybody. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on, Charles. Any other business? Any other business? We've, We've got sold, about 30 seconds. We sold out a mariachi at GDC. We sold out a mariachi at GDC. Sorry. Add really sorry about that. Add yourself to a wait list. Add yourself to a wait list. We are going to find out ways to try and get as many of you in as possible. We'll Charles has one more thing to say. I've got my, my, my own mariachi song you that do. Simon wrote. It's absolutely brilliant. I, you know, that, that I oh. should have said, is the proudest moment ever. So we are going to see you at the GDC mariachi. We of need to add Charles. Oh, yes. yes we yes, literally don't have How much do I need to pay? Well, you have to pay $200 to get another song yes <laughs> that's the only ticket we've got left thanks for coming on we will charles. see you there charles you thank bye. you bye, bye. Resonance 104.4 FM, the art of listening.